I'm Cassie, compulsive overeater. I have this built like way up in my head because I listen to podcasts all the time and it's literally my favorite format. And like, so me and my sponsor play this game, like worst case scenario, like what's the worst that could happen so that like I could like see that it's like absurd and not going to happen. So like you guys aren't going to chase me with like pitchforks or anything. So like, it's all good. We'll get kicked out of the fellowship. Um, I think to start, I like it when, uh, so I guess I'll start with like the stats and stuff. So like my highest weight ever was 280 pounds and I have been in program for a year. I have been abstinent for 53 days and so far I've lost like 40 pounds and yeah. Um, so I guess from the beginning of my story, um, my mom was kind of like this towny farm girl that lived in the middle of nowhere of Wyoming and she wanted to get out and go to the big city. So she went to New York and she met my dad who was a black man and she was not allowed to bring him home. She was completely disowned. And so they got married and had me a little bit after. And my mom worked during the day. So I was at home with my dad and then my dad worked nights. So like I never saw them both together very much. And from what I understand, their relationship was very turbulent. They would always like fight. And later, later I learned that my dad was bipolar. So he, we now, now, now know that they were like manic episodes where he would just like disappear with all our rent money. And my mom would just be at home with me and be like, Oh, what do I do now? And I would like be with like random babysitters. And, uh, my dad's family wasn't always super stable. Um, he was an aspiring comedian in New York city. So I think that's where I get it. But like, I, I've always wanted to be an actress. I've always wanted to be on stage. And I did spend a lot of my early years just at home with him. And he taught me all these really cool things. Like I learned how to talk really fast. I learned how to drink from a cup really fast. And uh, I would just like eat with him all day long and just like sleep at night, I guess. Uh, their relationship didn't last just because my dad's mania and like he always would just like get these ideas and be like, oh, I want to open up my own show. So I'll like spend all our rent money on like open up the show and like no one would show up at the show. Our rent money would be gone. And then my mom would be left to like have to work extra hours or do this and that. And so she decided that she had to leave and uh, she moved back to Colorado. I have a godmother who was her best friend and they, she was living in Colorado Springs. So she, my mom decided to put myself, oh, my brother, I had a brother. <laughs> uh, after four years of marriage, they had my brother. And then that's right around the time that um, my mom decided that like, I have two children now. I can't deal with this anymore. So she left. She put us on a train and we trained it from New York to Colorado Springs. And that's where I spent the majority of my time growing up. Um, my mom's a hustler. If like, I can't say anything nicer about her. Like she always made sure that we had food. She always made sure that we had clothes, but 
a lot of the responsibility fell onto me and like I was with shady babysitters or, or I was like completely alone and uh, kind of made it seem like she had to make a choice like should I put Cassie in daycare should I put Jacob in daycare can't afford it so my brother he was the youngest so he got to go to daycare and I would just be home alone and a lot of the parenting responsibilities fell on me like I had to make sure the house was clean everything if like a permission slip came home. If anything, like, I couldn't bother her because, like, she made it very clear that she was the one working and bringing home all the money and, like, making sure roof over her heads. It was almost like she felt like, like we owed her that. So, like, I had to take on a lot of the roles and I had to grow up really, really fast. And since I was home alone a lot... I didn't really get a lot of time to just be a kid. Like, I had to grow up really fast. And there wasn't really time for playing. There wasn't really time. Like, I'd be home. But, like, the television pretty much raised me. Like, I would just, like, come home from school and watch TV and eat. And that was my life, just, like, over and over and over. Um, I always know, like, sweets were always my thing. Um, when I'd, like, go to stores and stuff with my mom... She would bribe me to, like, just be quiet and, like, be cool. I was always very, like, I wanted to touch everything and, like, I want to, like, break stuff. I'm, I'm very clumsy. And there wasn't really space for that because my mom had no patience for that. So if I did anything wrong, like, she'd get angry and yell at me or hit me. Or, like, just to avoid the whole thing, she'd be like, if you're good, you'll get an ice cream. And I remember being super obsessed with, like, chocolate swirl ice cream and... <laughs> ice cream, uh, food that's cold and I would eat it all the time and if I was a good girl I would get this treat and um I don't know I'd just be obsessed with it like if I went out and I was good and I didn't get it like I would throw a tantrum like it would go down and I also remember growing up like uh we were Mormon so my mom would like, to get me to be quiet in church, which, like, you had to be quiet in Mormon church. Um, we'd go to McDonald's, and she'd get me a Happy Meal, and then I'd sit in the back of the Mormon church eating my Happy Meal, <laughs> which was not allowed because uh, Mormons don't believe on, like, going out to stores during Sunday. So, um, yeah, <sighs> McDonald's. Um, I think my first compulsive food memory I have is, like, I would, I'd come home from school and we'd make dinner and it was always my job to make dinner and like defrost something or like make a very large bowl of a very Italian food that people eat. And, um, we'd eat that. And I remember I couldn't stop. My mom would get like meatballs and like put it in there. And I like could not stop eating the meatballs. Like I would, like, mealtime would be long time over, and, like, I'd be in my room watching TV, and I'd, like, sneak back to the fridge and grab a meatball, and then come back and, like, sneak back to the fridge and grab a meatball, and I'd always be in trouble, because, like, we were really poor, and my mom made sure that I knew that we were really poor and really short on money and this and that, and so it was, like, awful that I ate all this meatball. I remember one time she was like, you ate a pound of meatballs, like, what? And she was so angry. And it was almost like I knew I was going to get in trouble and I knew my mom was going to be angry, but, like, I could not stop. 
And I think that's kind of like I knew there was something weird about that, but I don't know, I was just a kid. So like, what are you going to do? So, um, my, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well in school, to listen to the teachers. My mom was just super distant. She would work all the time and then she'd come home and she would just like disappear to her room and watch TV. Like she just wasn't emotionally available. And, um, like that includes like during school holidays and like weekends and stuff. Like sometimes she'd work Saturdays or like during summer vacation, I would just like stay in my house and just eat. And as I got older, like nine or 10 years old, it was my job to take care of my brother so that she could stop paying for daycare. So then it was just he and I home and same rules applied. Like I couldn't bother her with anything. If he had a permission slip or something, like I had to like forge it. And if, um, I don't know if he got in trouble at school and like I'd sign off on the things and I'd help him with homework and I had all the chores, like I had to wash the dishes and make sure the kitchen was clean. And if it wasn't and she got home, she would just throw these angry, raging fits that, like, she was just so mean, and I was so scared. So I'd make up all these rules in my head to, like, I have to make sure that the kitchen is clean by, like, I don't know, five minutes till she gets home, or, like, I have to make sure my homework is done to this standard, and I have to make sure my brother's homework is done to this standard, and I have to make sure the, like kitchen, the living room, everything's clean, or she would come home, and she would yell, and she would hit me, and I remember one time I just didn't get it done, I was, like, doing my homework or something, and she, like, came and got me out of my room and grabbed me by my hair and, like, made me clean up, and it was just hard, it was, I, like, I had to grow up really fast. Um, I went to school, and I had friends, kind. well, I had acquaintances, I don't know, I think I was really afraid of people, but I was also really afraid of getting in trouble. So I didn't really talk much to my peers, and I didn't make friends very much. I kind of just, like, went to school, did what I was supposed to do. I was very much a suck-up. Like, I would always, like, do extra credit and this and that so that I would get some praise from my teachers just because, like, I wasn't getting anything at home. So, like, if I could get a gold star, like, I would do anything for a gold star or an A-plus or whatever. Um... Oh, I feel like talking circles. Um, middle school was terrible. Um, I was short and I was fat and like everyone hated me. And like, it wasn't just in my head. Like they would like, they bullied me so hard. Like they took my books and they would like hide them. So like my classwork would get lost and then I would get in trouble by the teachers and like people knew that I would like freak out if I was in trouble by the teacher and the teachers like stopped believing it because it was like it happened so often and I reported it so often and they like would take my books and take my assignments but they would also like steal my actual like school books and like write like Cassie's a bitch in there and like so then my stuff would be ruined and then I'd have to like pay for it at the end of the school year my mom got so angry (sighs) and just I couldn't ask my mom for anything, even, like, a school book that I didn't do anything to. And I would tell her that I was getting bullied like this. They would, like, 
they would throw things in my hair, like gum and like staples and random pieces of paper. And like, it literally wasn't even just about my weight or anything. It was like, I'm poor, I'm brown, I'm this, I'm that, I'm different. So like, they would just find anything they could to like, just haze me. So I didn't have a place in the world in middle school. I just like went to school and was tortured all day. And then I was at, went home and I was like, I had to do all the chores. And then I like got ignored by my mother and my dad was very in and out throughout like elementary, middle school, high school. My dad would just pop up randomly. I think they were like manias like, Oh, Hey, I'll be your father again. I swear I won't disappear. And, like, it would get my hopes up every single time. And he'd, like, bring presents. I remember one time he brought, like, a KB Toys certificate for 100 bucks, And we, like, went to the store. And we bought all these toys. And uh, didn't see him again for, like, four or five years or something like that. And he'd call every once in a while. Maybe a birthday card every once in a while. But, like, I think this whole time that, like, I was just thinking, like, what's wrong with me? Like, my dad never comes around and like he says he will but then he doesn't and then like my mom can't fucking stand me sorry Uh, and like what's wrong with me and the answer I kind of landed on was like oh it's because I'm fat like it must be like and all the while I've always wanted to be on stage and I always wanted to sing and I am a talented singer and I like dancing and I like being on stage and I like making people happy and I think I'm pretty funny. And I figured that out, like, in middle school and high school. And I, I didn't really get an opportunity to explore it much. Like, my school didn't really have much choir or, like, acting in middle school. But I did realize that I could make people laugh by, like, laughing at my own expense. Like, oh, look, I'm the funny fat girl. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, Or, like, I'd fall and be like, oh, it's because I'm so fat. Like, jokes at my own expense. And so that's how I would try to get my peers to like me. But even that didn't work. Like, they still made fun of me. So then I was making fun of me, and they were making fun of me, and it was just a mess. Um, And all the while, like, middle school, I would just come home every single day. And it started, like, kind of small. But I would always just, like, eat something. But, like... Something's like a meal and I'd eat like two of it or three of it or four of it. And a lot of like frozen dinners or like cereals and just, I would just come home and eat and eat and eat and call it a snack. And that was like, I knew that was abnormal, but I don't think it was that out of control in middle school. It was just something to do because I was bored and I didn't have any friends. And, um, so in high school, um, I had these godparents and, uh, my freshman year of high school, uh, I don't know. I got it in my head that I didn't want to go to my high school, like in Aurora public schools. I didn't want to go to high school period, but, uh, like I got it in my mind that like, if I went to Hinkley high school, that I was going to get raped or like something terrible is going to happen. The gangs were going to get me just because it was like Aurora public schools. Like I acted in my mind. It was like, I'm my mother sending me to Compton or something like that. And So I asked if I could live with my godparents and I really wanted my mom to say no. And my mom said, yeah. And it was almost like a relief. She, 
at the time she was like struggling financially and just like she couldn't afford two kids, I guess. Um, I'm indispensable. I have no idea. So like I went and lived with my godparents and my godfather is also bipolar and he has like history with like, he had a daughter that he raised and like she turned out to be a stripper and like doing drugs and crazy stuff. And so he was very much, very like down my throat all the time, like just watching my every single move. And I was like straight up honor student. Like I wasn't doing anything, but he would show up at the school and be like, I need to search your locker. Like he was looking for drugs and I'm like, like I had no space. Like he would just like randomly like go in my room and like search through my stuff and be like, yeah, I'm just making sure you're not doing drugs. And I'm like, like I had no space. I had nothing that was mine. And, um, he wanted me in an after school activity. Like he wanted me to excel in everything. Like if I got a B plus and he would know because he would be on the like school portal and like, like he knew I would, I would be taking a quiz and he knew when the teacher would be grading it and he would check the online portal. And as soon as the, like literally as soon as the teacher put it in, like, Oh, it's a B. And I would know because I would be like frantically on my phone, like refreshing, refreshing. And like, I got a B and it was the end of the world. And like, he would come to the school and be like, what's wrong? Why'd you get a B? And like, it was not acceptable. Like, sorry, I suck at biology. Like I tried my best. It was, and he would like bring me out of the school and take me to the car and like yell at me. And like, he expected perfection and everything. Like he would get angry if I didn't get solos in choir. He would get angry if I wasn't doing enough activities because like, I think in a way, like, he was trying to help me out and not let me grow up to be a stripper like his weird daughter, but, like, that was insane. And I got it in my mind, like, I was very on eggshells, so, and at that time, I think that's when I started, like, restricting, I don't know, like, I was a typical, like, 13-year-old girl, like, I just didn't like the way I looked, and I also, I wanted to... I really wanted to be on stage. And at that point, like my disease started telling me like, you'll be happier. You'll be on stage. You'll get a boyfriend. You'll do better in school. This and that garbage if you're thin. So I started listening to it and believing it. And so I joined the swim team and I hated swimming. It was so stupid. Like <laughs> we had to like, I don't know, so much exercise was involved and I hated it, but it was also, like, just a way to, like, torture myself. Like, I was not going to join the running team. I was not going to do basketball. I wasn't going to do any of that crap. But, like, seeing myself in a swimsuit every week or whatever it was or day, like, it was just a way to, like, torture myself and, like, make me lose weight. So I would be, like, working out. I was, like, the worst on the swim team. I always came in last, and it's because I hated it. Slash, like, I am just not a swimmer. I'm not, like, lanky and long. But I tried to make it so. And it was just to make him happy because he told me I had to do an after school activity. So I did that for a year and, um, I didn't really lose weight. I also wasn't that overweight anyway, but, um, I wasn't able to do like the musical or any of the choir stuff that I wanted to do because I was on the swim team and he didn't think that was like worthwhile. So did what he wanted. And then, uh, my sophomore year, uh, there was like a thing. My god, my, my mother and my godmother hated each other. I think my mom, they were like jealous of each other or something, like fighting over attention from, from my godmother or something weird. I don't know. But they, uh, my 
godfather would like just do crazy crazy stuff and he called social services on my mother and said that like jacob's home alone all the time and he was and like the house was dirty and it was because i was living with my godparents so i wasn't home cleaning up everything and so like a social services case was opened and like it was very obvious who reported it. So my mom got angry and in retaliation, she had me come back and live with her. And then it was my job to maintain the house and make sure that social services didn't come and get us. And she would like threaten me and be like, you have to clean, you have to do this and that, or social services is going to take you away and you're going to be in foster care and it's going to be terrible. And so I didn't want that. So I made sure to like clean and do this and that. And, like, my choices at that time were, like, live with the crazy bipolar man or live with my crazy mother. So, like, it lost either way. And I was also very terrified. The television raised me. So, like, I, I'd seen foster care on TV. So I was very scared of being in the foster care system. So I did what I was told. I cleaned, I cleaned the house. And we had, like, this system set up that if social services came, I had to say that my mother was in the shower and like call her at work and hey come right away like they're here they're gonna they're invading I don't know social services and so that was a lot of pressure because social services showed up a lot and yeah and my mom would get angry and she would like hit me sometimes and like yell at me and like it was my fault if the house wasn't clean enough for social services and it was my fault if I, I had no idea where my brother was. He would, like, disappear to people's houses and go play video games. And it was my job to know which house, and I have no idea. And it was just a lot of pressure. And with that, and I quit the swim team because my mom didn't want to drive me to, like, back and forth anymore. And I couldn't do choir. I couldn't do anything. So at that point, my life was to go to school. And my peers still picked on me and hated me. And I couldn't do choir, do anything that I liked. I got to go home and watch TV. My mother was a raging bitch. And, like, I'm a teenager. Life is hard. And so that's when I put on weight really fast. And I think I went from, like, 160 to, like, 280, something like that, like, really high. I didn't even want to step on a scale. I didn't want to do anything with that. Um, and it was because like I quit being active, but also, um, I was binging a lot more. Like I, I'd come home from school and I would just like eat, like there was a convenience store close to my house and I'd always get like birthday money and Christmas money. And like, I, that buys a lot of binge food. It's really cool <laughs> for a crazy person. And I'd babysit and I'd take money from my mom's purse. Like always, I always had money to binge. And I also always, always had, um, I don't know, I was good with money, but like I had endless amounts of time. Uh, my sophomore year, like I kind of did whatever I wanted. Like I went to class, but I was really smart and the school system, not great. So like I'd be like, do a worksheet. And then I'd be allowed and obnoxious so that like the other people were disturbed. And I'd be like, can I go to the library? Can I go to the cafeteria? Can I be blah, blah, blah? So they'd like, the teachers would let me leave and I'd go to the cafeteria and I'd eat and, or I'd go to the vending machine and eat. And just like all day long, like I had, I gave myself like two lunch periods. Um, we signed up for 
a free reduced lunch because we were so poor. So I got a free reduced lunch. And then I would tell my mom I needed money for lunch too. So I had two lunch periods. And then I hit the vending machine like two or three times in a day. And then if I was like, but sophomores weren't allowed to leave campus, but like, uh, you can't tell me what to do. So I'd like go to Wendy's and go eat at Wendy's. And just all day long, sophomore year, I was eating. And yeah, put on a lot of weight. And I remember uh, I was finally able to do choir and acting and singing again, but I couldn't fit in the dress. And I was so mad and I was so embarrassed. And like the biggest size in the catalog, and like the teacher has to like weight or measure you. And like I was sweating bullets when it was my turn to like get the tape measured and like. The teacher was, like, here with the tape measure, and then the, the seamstress or whatever was, like, all the way across the room, and it was, yeah, I'm really fat, and, like, it was really scary. <laughs> and, um, five minutes left. Oh, okay. Um, dang, that goes fast. Okay, okay, okay. Five minutes left. Okay, so I got really, really big in middle in high school. Then I got it in my mind that I had to, had to restrict and that I, like, wanted to get really skinny before, uh, like, graduation, high school, prom, all that business. And I started restricting, and it was, like, I found all these pro-anorexia websites, and, like, that's how I learned to eat and restrict. And a lot of times it was, like, 800 calories or less, or and you have to exercise, like, four or five hours a day, and... It, it, it got really scary really fast, and I lost, like, 100 pounds in, I don't know, like, eight months or something, just in time for prom and graduation. But I remember prom and graduation came around, and I was so angry that I was still above 200 pounds, and uh, I almost didn't go, but, like, my grandma came into town, so I had to, had to go to prom. So I think that's, like, a cool thing about me like my tenacity even like when my disease is screaming that like I don't want to miss out so I didn't miss out I went to prom and like finding the dress was absolute hell I could not find a dress I like went to the mall and like literally it was like go to the back find the biggest one couldn't find it and so my mom had to make me a dress and it was this like boobs were not right it was like pointing like Madonna she does not know how to sew very well and uh, yeah, that was bad. Then college came around, same thing, restricting, would not eat. And it got really scary. I got to probably 120 pounds and I was just so scared of food at this point. Like I wouldn't binge. I just like would not go to the dining hall and that's how I did it. Like I would just like make myself too busy to go to class, too busy to like go to the cafeteria and the cafeteria is only open at certain times. Then, um, I don't know. I was just like terrified of food. And then when my first job out of college, uh, I got to be a before and after school program director and at that point, I realized that I couldn't restrict anymore because I was, like, dealing with kids and, like, about to, like, pass out and stuff. So uh, I kind of did just grazing all day long. Like, I would just eat all day long, breakfast, lunch, dinner, but, like, in between, like, I need a candy. Like, it was, like, I couldn't go, like, 5, 10, 20 minutes without having candy. And so then I started exercising and, like, I was going to the gym for, like, eight hours a day just to make sure that I, like, wasn't gaining and it was just 
living in fear and constant insanity. And then um, I got a job. Uh, I lost my job at that school, and I got to move to China. And I taught in China for a year. And that year, it was really cool because the children were amazing and everyone was so nice to me. And I learned a lot. But like, I didn't get to go and explore China. I didn't get to really talk to the people, and I don't get to really—I didn't maintain any of those connections because I was so into the food. And I don't know. I just feel like I missed out. And time's going.、Um, so my life sucked. And I guess I'll talk about how I missed a lot, but like clocks ticking. So、um, now I came into the rooms. I'd heard about it from a TV show, and I didn't think it was a real thing.、Um, it's an interesting TV show. Ask me about it after the meeting. It's cool, but.、Um, Like on this TV show, like Overeaters Anonymous was the punishment for like failing out of this other program that they were doing. So like, I thought it was either fictitious or like a punishment to come in here. And so my first meeting, it was a speaker meeting. It was here, and I did not relate to the person at all, except for the like being crazy with the food and constantly obsessing about it, and. I didn't want to come back, but I'm very much like I don't know. I think it was like the trauma from my childhood. Got to follow the rules. Like when you guys said like come to six meetings, I was like, okay, better do it. So I came to the six meetings, and I don't know. I didn't wanna, and I didn't want to hear about God, and I didn't want to read the big book, and I like found little things like that to fixate on at first. Like I remember the first time I cried in a meeting, I was like, why are you guys reading so many different books? Why is it the big book? Why is it the purple one? Why is it that pamphlet? Why? And like, I wanted to make it like this conspiracy that like all of you guys had the syllabus and I didn't get it. And so、uh, I was crying about that. And then someone kindly told me like, "Oh, this is the twelve twelve," and like they told me what it was.、Um, I got a sponsor. I was only sponsorless for like a month or something, and. We tried everything for ten months, and like I had a food plan, and the food plan was making me crazy because like I'm a binger and a restrictor, and so like when I was like weighing and measuring the stuff, like I found it it was super important to do it because like when I came in, I had no idea how to eat at all. I didn't know what a meal even looked like, so I had to learn that. But then also like I was like. Finding little things to fixate on, like, oh, I committed 28 ounces of broccoli, but I only have 27. So then I was like crying about it, and like, there's no need for that craziness. So, um, ah,、uh, what else? Oh, sometimes like the big book is hard to relate to for me, but get over it. Uh, I've learned a lot in program. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned、uh, not to be so quick to judge, and I've learned there's not one right way to do it. And I also have like an awesome sponsor now that like she tells me she loves me even when I'm being the biggest fuck up on the planet and like I do some crazy stuff like and she's telling me there's no such thing as like a bad food like I was very much that's another thing that I was doing in the mini program I was very much making it like the food is the enemy and like the like. The food's out to get me, and that doesn't even make sense because, like, the food's not out to get me. Like, I have a disease; I'm sick. So I'm grateful that I understand that. And 
Um, I'm so grateful for the steps. Um, I'm on step four and I'm learning so much, but it's also really, really scary. But I also like that there's space for it to be scary. And I just, I'm learning so much every day and sometimes it's super overwhelming. And like I said, like I only have 53 days of abstinence, but I've been in program for a year and that's like straight up God. Like I went to this OA retreat and I don't know, I talked to my higher power and my higher power was like, would you like to be vegan? And I was like, okay, it never occurred to me. So I don't eat animal products anymore. And that helped me a lot. And I didn't even realize it would because I, that was my binge food. Like I would go straight to the, the cold stuff and the creamy stuff. And it's weird. Like it was like instantaneous. So I think I also had to be open and willing for that to happen because like I fought for a long time, like I was trying to be willing and I was trying to follow directions, but also like my disease was just so loud and I had to trust that my sponsor wasn't going to lead me down a dark hole and leave me all alone or something. I don't know. And so miracles will happen. I hope if like my jabbering left nothing but that, like miracles will happen if you're willing to like look for them and if you're willing to ask for them. Um, my high power is very loving and very kind and very forgiving. And I'm thinking those are like the opposite of what I had growing up that like, I didn't have any space to make mistakes and I didn't have any space to explore, or have fun. And I take my program very seriously, sometimes too seriously. Um, when I first came in, like if there was a service thing to be done, like I would be like, yes. And it was just cause like, it feels selfish at times, but like, sometimes it definitely was like, Oh, I'm doing this service thing. So I'm not thinking about food. Cool. And I also, I started going to like meeting a meeting a day. And that was literally just because like, that was the only place I had peace that like, um, that was the only place that my disease wasn't screaming at me. And I'm just so, I don't go to a meeting a day anymore. I go to a meeting when I need a meeting and I think that's amazing. I think that's progress that I don't need a meeting every day. And it also means that like so many things are opening up in my life. Like I have friends now and I've never had friends before. And like you guys showed up in the snow to hear me tell my story and babble for an hour. <laughs> that's really cool. And, um, I'm figuring out like stuff about my sexuality 